ever have trouble sleeping? There's all kinds of things that often keep us awake, but there is an answer. Here's Pastor David. When you cry out to the Lord, he hears you from his holy hill, and he's with you. Here, as Jesus said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age, and the Holy Spirit is in you. You got it all as a Christ follower. You do not need to be afraid. And that is why this next verse is so beautiful. This is what he says, Psalm 3, 5. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. Fear and sleep don't go together well. They just don't. David slept well because he trusted the Lord. Not because there was nothing to fear. For David, there really was something that he could have feared. Thousands and thousands of people who wanted to take his life because they were stealing his kingdom. But David trusted the Lord. He cast his cares upon God. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Listen, I don't know if this will help you, but drop your cares on God and get some sleep. When nighttime comes, when you go into your room to sleep, a great habit would just be to pray before you start that process of getting ready to sleep and tell God you trust him. You trust him for all your fears, all your worry, all your overthinking, and sleep. It's not that there wasn't a danger for David. Let's assume there really are issues in your life. There really are things. God will protect you spiritually, physically, financially. He'll do the things that need to be done to make sure that you're safe. Pray, leave it with him, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you, and rest. I think there's a, a real lack of that. I can speak for myself, but I think for many others too. Now, the worst thing for me is not normal fears and anxieties. I can tell you the worst thing for me ever that affected me, sleeping and waking, is unrepentant sin. That's the thing that will really get you. If you are living in sin and you don't feel convicted by the Holy Spirit for the sin, let me just tell you, pray that you will feel convicted. Pray for the conviction because it's better to have that conviction and struggle with your sleep and struggle with whatever so that you confess and repent and turn from it than it is to not have it affect you at all. And sometimes that's what happens to our consciences. I know what's happened to mine. Lose some sleep over unrepentant sin that you might get right with God and have beautiful sleep. You might repent and grow close to him. David couldn't sleep well himself when he had unrepentant sin. So he's talking about sleeping well here, but listen to Psalm 32, one through seven. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Listen, when I kept silent, didn't confess, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you, confessed, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance, Selah. Confess. 
pray to God while he may be found. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. David was saying, look, my hand was, your hand was heavy on me. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not feeling well because of sin. Fear can cause sleeplessness and worry is, is rough, but nothing will cause you to feel awful day and night like unrepentant sin. It's just a fact. Because we are his. We are his. We're his children. If you're a Christ follower, you're his children. When we sin and don't confess and repent, his hand is heavy upon us, as David writes here in the psalm. God will draw us back to himself. He will chasten those he loves. He loves you. He's not going to let you get that great sleep when, you, when you're not right with him because he wants you to be right with him. He loves you. So if you want to have a beautiful, restful sleep, live righteously, confess and repent of sin and cast your cares on God for he cares for you and trust him always. I know I'm not the only one who sometimes has a hard time getting that restful sleep. I also know that when I do these things, I sleep like a baby. David was comfortable with thousands of people chasing him down. He was refreshed. He got a good sleep because he trusted God completely. You can too. Verse 6. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. There were many people after David. He had God and he had some friends. And that's it at that time. Eventually, there was a battle between Absalom's forces and those that rallied to David, and 20,000 men died. So you have an idea of the size of this conflict. A lot of people against David. There was an army after David, and he was not afraid because he knew through long experience his whole life, this guy trusted God to kill bears and lions and a giant, trusted God to keep him when the king of Israel, Saul, was after him. And in who knows how many battles. So he trusted God here with his son Absalom after him. He knew God always comes through. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean you won't suffer. We will suffer. David was suffering. There was definitely suffering in it. Sergeant York was not having a party when he faced the Germans. He wasn't like, yay, he was suffering. It was difficult. Later in life, actually, Sergeant York, they came to him and, and offered him they're estimating something between 250000 and, and who knows what, which is a lot of money back then. Still a lot of money. And he turned it all down because he felt like it would draw him away from the Lord. He didn't want to profit off of what he had done for the country and for God. And so instead, he continued to faithfully serve the Lord. He built a, a school to study the Bible. But you know what? His life wasn't without suffering. He actually had major illnesses, major health problems. His life was not all roses and lollipops, but he trusted God. David's life was not all roses and lollipops either. Read the scriptures and find out all the suffering. There were some ups, but there were some downs, some difficulties, but he trusted God. We trust God for the battle, knowing that in life or in death, we serve God and we trust him to work all things together for good. That's how we do it. Just as Jesus Christ trusted the Father in life and in death and in rising again and defeating sin and hell and death. He submitted to the Father 
unto death, knowing that he'd rise again. Just like we can submit to God, even if it causes our own death, knowing that we'll rise again. Because Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. You and me who are in Christ, whatever comes, whatever comes, he is going to work it all together for good and you will have eternal life in him. Next verse, seven. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Now David here is talking about his enemies like they were wild animals, which he had some experience with wild animals. You break their teeth and they can do no harm. Right? David had fought with animals in the past. He knew those teeth, that's the scary part. You take their teeth out, they can't do much. God can take away the plans of the wicked to harm us. They can break their teeth out. Listen, David is, he's singing this psalm. He's putting on the full armor of God, ready for battle. He got up from a good sleep, refreshed, and there was a full-on getting ready for battle montage like you'd see in a movie, like some heaven, he's putting on this, all this stuff. He's getting his, his armor on. He's ready to go. He's ready to rumble singing his psalm because he trusts God that much. He's like, let's do this because I'm going to the power of God. And that's who we need to be. That has to be our mindset. Christians, Christ followers, that has to be your mindset. We remind ourselves of God's goodness, of the Father's hand in our lives, that we're protected, that he's a shield around us. And we know the enemy's out there, but God has already won the battle. He's already won. And we're ready to go. And we cannot be defeated we cannot be defeated. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. Nobody. Listen, we're to be like David. We cry out to the Lord for help, and then we suit up for battle. We're not afraid. We're not fighting for ourselves or by ourselves. We're fighting for God in the power of God. What do you have to be afraid of when that's the case? We face the day as more than conquerors because we've already won. Romans 8, 37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Listen, no more wussy church. No more wussy church. No more passive church. We are the body of Christ. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. This is not about winning money or power or fame or worldly pleasures or all the things that the lost go after. This is about winning hearts and minds and souls and spirits to Jesus Christ. Winning people to be disciples of Jesus, to have what you have. If you're a Christ follower, I hope the most valuable thing that you have, far above everything else, is your relationship with God and your salvation. I would hope that if I said, here's a billion dollars, you'd be like, please, that's nothing compared to my salvation and my relationship with God. If that's true, and we know there are people out there without it, we need to get suited up and go out there and fight for them to have the same thing. Yeah, praise God. That's what we're called to do. That's who we're called to be. We're here to make disciples. You've got to be ready for battle. You want to make disciples because you've got to go through the good times and the bad times. You've got to rejoice with those who rejoice and you've got to mourn with those who mourn. It's service. You want to be a real woman, a real man? It's service. Loving people and you better be ready for battle for that and God's going to give you all the strength and all the power to do that. Look, I go to weddings and I go to funerals, good times and bad times. 
I counsel broken marriages, and I counsel depressed and broken people, and I watch those same people overcome in the power of Christ. I watch marriages that are so broken become marriages that the power of God is just infused in. I see people who are on the edge of suicide coming back to joy in the Lord. That's what we get to be a part of. There's nothing else. There's nothing else worth doing. This is your inheritance, Christ follower. This is what you get. You get to work for the king of kings. That's pretty good. We get to see the kingdom work done. We don't cower in a corner and worry about offending the world. Well, I don't know if I want to say anything at work today because, you know, people are offended by Christianity or whatever. Yeah, the gospel's offensive to those who are perishing. It is. And it's the power of salvation of those he's calling to himself who you are called to fight for. Stop worrying about ourselves. Stop chasing comfort. We got a job to do. We have a job to do. Whatever our jobs are throughout the day, whatever they are. You're a plumber. You work construction. You're a doctor. You're a lawyer. I hope not. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. Whatever you're doing, that's one thing. That's part of your calling. But over and above that calling is your calling to make disciples for Jesus Christ. And everything about what we do has to be built to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Because that's the commission that he gave us. It's not, it wasn't, he wasn't asking. Go, therefore. Not, would you mind going for me? No, he's the king and he told you what to do. We're his church and we're going to do it. We're going to get our priorities right. And having our priorities right means mission is first. Mission, calling, the great commission. It's who we are. It's who you are. No more wussy church. No more being afraid. If David can face down thousands of people who are after his life, we can face down somebody who might get a little offended because we talk about Jesus Christ. Because we show who he is in our lives. Don't get lost in anything else. Everything else is distraction. Focus on him. Suit up. Sing what David sings to the Lord. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. That's every day we get up. Dun, 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 putting on the armor of God. And we're going out fighting together as a shield wall, as his church. You're not alone. You have God. You got me. You got the people sitting around you. This is going to be fun. We can enjoy this life. And then finally, verse 8, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people, Selah. Salvation belongs to the Lord, not to David. See, David has never in all of his life, whether it's fighting lions or bears or Goliath or armies or Saul or Absalom, never in all his life has it been his salvation helping himself. It has always been God who brings salvation. We look to God to save us. We cannot save ourselves. You are incapable of it. But God saves us. Salvation belongs to the Lord and his blessing is on you. You are his people. His blessing is on you. I'm really bummed about this thing that happened. God's blessing is on you. Be less bummed about that. There are things to be bummed about. I get it. 
But let's not forget that God's blessings on you, and there's joy in that. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It is God who saves by his mighty right hand. And we're just, with a shield about us, we're just walking in his power, doing his stuff. And we feel weak sometimes. We let our past dictate who we are in the future. No, forgetting what is behind, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward to Christ Jesus, period. Forgetting, every day forgetting, battling up, battling up. Let's do it. David knows the saving hand of God. He fought lions and bears by trusting God. He defeated Goliath by trusting God. He was not overcome by Saul by trusting God. And now here he did not and was not defeated by his own son and the people who betrayed him by trusting God. He could not be shaken. We cannot be shaken. We cannot be shaken. Let's pray. Father, I love you because you first loved me and everyone here and everyone online. Let's listen to you that calls on your name. You loved us, Lord. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. You didn't have to. You could have destroyed the universe. And been like, these people, these ungrateful people, and we were. And yet you died for us and drew us to yourself. And you've given us strength and honor in you. And you've delegated authority to us to make disciples for you. And you've told us we can trust you that all things will work together for good for those who love you, for those who are the called according to your purpose. And we can walk in that more than conquerors of whom shall we be afraid? No one. You've told us clearly. God, make this church a mighty work for you. Bring people who need to know you to you. Please don't let us let the church just become something we do. One of the clubs that we're a part of some tribe that we associate with. Let the church be us. Let us be your body. Let us confess sin and repent and live for you, whatever it costs. Let us live for you. Lord, lead us, Jesus. So are you part of that army of God that Pastor David talked about? Do you have peace and hope no matter what's going on around you? Well, you can. And it all hinges on a relationship with Jesus. And if you'll simply ask him to forgive your sins and be your Lord and Savior, everything can change. And if you still have questions or just need some help figuring all this out, call us at 360-885-9000. We'd love to help you find life. Always great to have you with us, and I hope you'll check out our next episode as we get into Psalm 4. That's right here on Contemplate. Contemplate.